I declare the Sharks make a big trade, re-sign some of their own players, and add some more pieces and free agency on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked On Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now and Inside the Rink. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen, proudly a part of the Locked On Network, where we cover your team every day or Saturday night um, if it needs to be. So if you want to be an everydayer, just follow along wherever you get podcasts or you can subscribe on YouTube as well. And the Sharks make some big moves. One big move, um, and then they kind of just take care of their own and add some pieces in free agency. So we're going to kind of go through all these uh, pieces, look at some of the newest players they added. Um, and then, you know, and of course, though, we have to start with the Anthony Duclair trade. So the Sharks, um, if you're watching on YouTube, great Great, uh, great day for watching on YouTube. But uh, the Sharks did add a very, this is a very good trade by Mike Greer. So the Sharks acquired Anthony Duclair from the Florida Panthers in exchange for Stephen Lawrence in a 2025 fifth round pick. Um, Anthony Duclair, if you do not know, a great, great goal scorer. Um, if you look at his numbers from last year, they're not too too great because he was coming off uh, an Achilles injury. So last offseason around this time, he hurt his Achilles in offseason training and missed a majority of the season. Uh, only played 20 games last year, had two goals, seven assists with 43 shots on goal. 1451 average time on ice with 4956, Corsi 4, and 58.33 goals for. Um but in the playoffs, in 20 games, uh, he added four goals and seven assists during that time. And Anthony DeClaire, a former 30-goal scorer. This man has scored 30 goals in his life in a single season. Um, we'll look at his offensive numbers, and then we'll dig into kind of why this trade is, is a great trade for, for Mike Greer. So um, looking at the last three seasons combined, since especially last year where he did just did not have a lot of, uh, he doesn't have a, a big enough sample size, but um, Duclair, 49th percentile player uh, playing kind of second line minutes, 71st percentile offensively, fourth percentile defensively. Um, he is going to help the Sharks score goals, especially for a team that after the Timo Meyer trade uh, struggled, struggled to score goals. Um, he's going to have play big power play minutes. Um, Duclair is, is going to, he's good at drawing penalties and good at not taking penalties. Um, his defense is terrible, but he plays wing. Who cares? Um, the, the Sharks need goal scores. And I think Anthony Duclair can, can be a big, big piece to uh, helping the Sharks add some more, just a little bit more of a threat on the back end. So um, why this, this trade, I love this trade, to be honest. So giving up Steven Lorenz, who is the Sharks' fourth-line center. Um, he was a great player for the Sharks last year. 
really helped their PK, really kind of solidified themselves, you know, himself as an everyday NHL player. Um, he is no Anthony Duclair. Like I said, Anthony Duclair is a former 30 goal scorer. Um, he is one, he is provides something that really nobody else on the Sharks right now can provide um, with just pure goal scoring talent, his speed, um, his forecheck, his ability to generate offense is something the Sharks just do not have. And he's on a great, great contract. His one year left at a $3 million contract, $3 million. Some other Sharks players, um, you know, just just to keep that in mind, a thirty goal, you know, thirty goal scorer getting paid three million dollars. Kevin LeBanc, four point seven two five million. Um, Oscar Lindblom, two and a half million. Luke Cunning, two point seven five uh, million. Um, you know, just an example of of some of the other forwards who. None of those guys are scoring 30 goals this year. None of those guys are going to be close to scoring 30 goals. And I don't expect Duclair to score 30 goals this year, but um, Duclair should be in contention to be a 20 to 25 goal scorer uh, for this team, especially if he's going to be playing top six minutes like Mike Greer said he uh, projects him to be today um, on his, Mike Greer's availability. You know, he said he's – Duclair is basically, you know – he. There's not too much competition, and he expects Duclair to um, get all the opportunity to to kind of be a top six forward for the Sharks. Again, you're paying him $3 million, and this gives the Sharks flexibility going forward. So he'll be 28 uh, by the the start of the season, Um, and you can kind of decide, like, go through the season. If he is great, you can either re-sign him next year to another, you know, kind of – Another, you know, I would say maybe two to three year type of deal, as we'll see with Mike Greer. He's been very, very short term with a lot of these deals, short term and not a lot of money. Um, you know, I would assume Duclair, if he has a great season, would would need a little bit of a significant bump. But again, we know the Sharks uh, cap situation next year is going to look so much better, especially with guys like Kevin LeBanc coming off the books. Right. Um, Lynn Blom coming off the books. Luke Cunning coming off the books. Um, you know, redeem Shimmick coming off the book. Like the Sharks are going to have plenty of cap space going into next off season. Um, they're going to have some holes to fill, of course, but the Sharks, they will have plenty of cap space next year. And it's not like any of the signings today are going to prohibit them from basically doing whatever they want to do next off season, uh, whether it be big spenders and what should be a much better, uh, draft or a much better free agent class or, if the Sharks want to, you know, continue to kind of build this slowly, you know, and adding pieces like Duclair who can continue to contribute, um, you know, kind of these meet short or kind of medium term um, guys like, you know, same thing like Alexander Barabanov, who you want to keep around um, because they're good players. You could do that as well. Or if, Bar- if Duclair is good and a contending team wants to add, some more scoring pop at on a very, very team friendly dis, uh, contract next season or during, you know, the trade deadline. Duclair fits that, right? If, if Duclair is that, you know, 
got 20 goals by the trade deadline and a team wants to offer, you know, a first round pick or a second round pick for Anthony Duclair um, because they can easily fit his contract in and he can come in and we've seen him perform in the playoffs. Um, again, he scored 11 points in 20 playoff games last, last season for the Florida Panthers. That is, that's nothing to sneeze at right there. That, that It's a solid, solid contributor. And he was still working his way back from Achilles injury. So you assume a full off season where he's not rehabbing, um, can actually just train, prepare, and you know continue to build that speed back up. That this is this is a great, great trade. This is a perfect buy. Taking advantage of another team, we know the Florida Panthers tapped out on cap space, trying to maneuver around, um, trying to do whatever they can right now to go back, but losing a piece like Duclair. Um, and Steve Lawrence is going to help the Panthers, right? Steve Lawrence is going to be, uh, he's going to come in on their bottom six. He's going to help their penalty kill, which their penalty kill was atrocious last year. He's going to help stuff like that. But um, again, Steven Lawrence is nowhere near as good as Anthony Duclair. And the Sharks crushed this trade. Mike Greer easily won this trade. And it, just, it gives them a, a bigger asset to go do something else with. So you can either... Have a top six forward um, that's going to be cheap probably for the next couple seasons, or you can maybe get another asset out of him later at the trade date, the trade deadline um, that helps you to kind of restock the cupboard in in the, the the draft. So, could you imagine that? If especially if if the Devils get, who knows? Maybe the Devils go to Eastern Conference Finals. That's a first round pick. Sharks are going to be bad again next year. That's going to be a very high-end first-round pick. And then you, if Duclair, you should be rooting for Duclair to just come out having a monster season because what if Duclair, like I said, what if he's like a 20-25 goal scorer by the time the trade deadline happens? You could be looking at another first-round pick, especially with that contract. Um, you could be walking into next year's draft with three first-round picks. So we're just saying. So... Um, before we get into the re-signings and, and Blackwood, and then we get to um, meet the rest of the, the newest Sharks, I uh, do want to take a quick break. Uh, talk to you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. So um, we know it is baseball season right now. Baseball gets all of its glory because there's no other sports right now. Um, and you want to take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel, you can get 10 times your bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $2,000 in bonus bets, win or lose. Um, that's 200 you can spend bet on everything from the money line to over under to who you think is going to get the first home run. Uh, all on app is safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet on FanDuel than, uh, the, sorry, to bet on MLB than FanDuel. America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get $200 uh, bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right. So the Sharks, they did kind of a lot of taking care of their own business today. So, uh, or, kind of heading into the, the trade deadline or, or not trade deadline to uh, free agency, right? They re-signed Jacob Peterson um, on uh, Friday to a one-year two-way contract worth 775000 So basically a vet min contract for Jacob Peterson. Um, Peterson looked uh, great for the Sharks last year, and this feels like a very much of a steal type of contract. And he's only 23. He'll be 24 at the beginning of the season, I believe. Um, and... 
You know, he had 11 or eight points in 11 games for the Barracuda, and then he had six points in eight games for the Sharks playing kind of top six minutes. And he should be a, a I, I think he's pretty close to being a lock for the Sharks uh, as a, you know, as a, uh, opening night roster uh players so um this this feels like an absolute steal uh, i was you know if, if they gotten him for you know one year one million or something like that i would have been happy with this but getting him on a vet men contract uh feels like an absolute steal he would still have to uh go through waivers to go back down to the barracuda um and i actually i think somebody might snack try to snag him if they he did uh, go through that. So I expect him to be on the sharks, like basically all of the next season, unless something happens. Um, and then he'll be an RFA um, after next year as well. So you can kind of, maybe if you want to give him a bigger contract, play the RFA game with him, um, whatever you want to do, but Peterson kind of feels like a, a solid, solid piece for the sharks that they got for Scott Brady, who just didn't feel like a, uh, who's going to be a contributor for the sharks going forward. So um, I love this deal. Great work by Mike Greer. Um, I think most people who watched the Sharks at any point last year and saw, especially at the end of the season, saw Jacob Peterson. Saw a guy who can contribute. And, you know, I, I think if he he will be a, you know, middle six to, I guess, second line or third line type of player for the Sharks. Um, but there is some potential and some upside for him as well. So um, great, great contract from Mike Greer. So, um Next, of course, they re-signed Iju Makanemi. Uh, Makanemi also in a one-year deal uh, worth seven hundred and seventy-two way uh, worth seven hundred seventy-five thousand. Um, he doesn't is still waivers exempt, um, so you don't have. He will be your Barracuda number one, and basically kind of like the Sharks' third goalie, right? If um, Blackwood or Kapokakinen get hurt. McAnamie is going to get the call and he's going to get a chance to continue to kind of prove that he's ready. But there's a big year for McAnamie, right? He, the last two seasons has struggled with injuries. He's looked good for the Barracuda last year. Um, but again, he's struggled with injuries the past two seasons. So it's a big year for him to kind of prove that he's going to be ready to kind of take the reins the following season, especially, you know, if Kapokakinen has another bad year this year, his contract's done um, after this season. And then maybe you could be looking at uh, a Blackwood McEnemy, um kind of tandem going in for the 24, 25 season. So, um, you know, smart contract, um, you know, with, with uh, McEnemy. And then if he, you know, if, if he, proves that he's maybe up to the task, he regresses, he can't stay healthy. Um, you don't have to qualify him next year, and you can send him back out, and then you have Magnus Krona and Georgie Romanev and whoever else if you want to sign another goalie. Like You still have plenty of flexibility and options going forward. So, um, But expect big year from Akinemi in the, the Barracuda the, this season. So, um, And then the other, let's see, the Sharks also re-signed or I guess signed Fabian Zetterlin. Um, so he got a two-year contract worth 1.45 million um, AAV. So we, this, you know, feels about right. I think his evolving hockey had his projected contract at a 1.6, uh, two years at 1.6 million. Um, so right there in the ballpark, right? Um, Zetterlin struggled um, when he came over to San Jose. And Mike Greer talked about that where I think, for him coming from um, a team like the Devils, where it was, you know, 
probably a little bit more fun winning games every night compared to kind of the slog that was the end of the shark season and really kind of struggled to establish himself. But um, they're excited with, with Zerlin. He's had a good summer from all accounts. And I, I think he will coming in fresh, coming into training camp, going to be able to establish that chemistry a little bit more. So, um, and again, 1.45 million, like th- these are, these contracts aren't very expensive right now. So, um, and it's for two years. So you have kind of a two year window with Zetterlin. We can try to figure things out with him. Um, and I, I expect for Zetterlin to have a much better season next year. Um, maybe not the, you know, 20 points and 45 games he had with the Devils, but if Zetterlin ends up in that, you know, 30 to 35 point range for the Sharks on $1.45 million, you can kind of feel it, feel there, there's, and again, he he can I think he can help the power play a little bit more than he's gonna have opportunities to help out the sharks because there's just there's not a lot of pieces in front of him. So um and then the final, I guess, re-signing or signing um is Mackenzie Blackwood. So there was of course much ado about nothing in Sharks Twitter land because uh you know the Sharks did not qualify Mackenzie Blackwood. This was ended up being a smart move by Mike Greer. Um, again, if they qual- his qualifying offer was a like three point one or, th- or no, sorry, three point three million dollars. Like Mackenzie Blackwood is not worth three point three million dollars, but but they did. They still were able to kind of negotiate with him before free agency, and they got this deal at two point two five million. Um, Blackwood, who has struggled with some injuries and consistency the past couple seasons, but there is potential there, right? And you gave up a six-round pick, okay? Um, I looked back since 2015, one player with the Sharks that was a six-round pick has played NHL games. His name is John Leonard, and he got traded last off season. <laughs> like a six-round pick is not it's it's is nothing, right? There's Yes, for every Kevin LeBanc who was a six-round pick, there's like 15 guys who were six-round picks who just never make it to the NHL type of thing. And um, if I think his name is Colton Brown or whoever the, the Devils picked with a six-round pick, if he turns out to be the next Joe Pavelski or something like that, then okay. But the odds are in your favor that you got an NHL player and Mackenzie Blackwood for a six-round pick. Um the odds that you were going to take a six-round pick, pick a player and get an NHL player out of them are not that high. So Blackwood, there again, there's was some there has been some consistency issues, and there has been some injury and durability issues. But the the goalie he was before uh, during the COVID shutdown, he was considered a future kind of star for the devils on a future goal like goalie of the future type of player for them so i i think maybe a new situation um whatever it is knowing this this is kind of a, a big opportunity for him especially with Cap- the way capo kakin has been playing um i think we see a, a pretty solid season for blackwood and if he's bad it costs you a six-round pick and we all know the Best way to tank games is having bad goaltending uh, or tank seasons is to have bad goaltending. So cool. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think it's, I think it's a solid risk for a player. Again, the chances you getting an NHL player for a six round pick um, in the draft are very, very 
very slim. So um, before we get to know the newest Sharks and kind of what their expected roles are going to be um, this season, do want to thank you guys for making Locked On Sharks your first listen. Again, proudly a part of the Locked On Network. We cover your team every day. If you want to be an everyday, all you got to do is just follow along wherever you get podcasts or you can watch this on YouTube. Um, we'll be back, of course, next week with plenty of free agency coverage. Um, if there's an Eric Carlson trade, uh, I'm going to start digging into all the new prospects, can, you know, all those scouting reports, get you guys kind of up to date on, on everything that's going on. Um, and maybe we'll look back at some recent drafts and kind of see how those are shaking out so again make sure you guys follow along wherever you get podcasts or subscribe on youtube as well and the new guys so um the sharks did sign some some players who were on different teams last year um and they didn't have actual negotiating rights with them so um let's look at who they signed uh first so um we'll start on the defense kyle burrows signed a three years 1.1 million dollar deal he played 48 games last year with the canucks had two goals three assists 47 shots on goal 17 22 ice time uh course 4 47.48 goals for 42.86 not the most impressive kind of analytics there but again the canucks were pretty bad like the sharks were last year as well so um but burrows he is a kind of defensive defenseman and he's a gritty defensive defenseman if you like your defenseman fighting uh, kyle burrows is going to be one of your favorites so um he's 27 um and this contract is going to basically run through his 30 age 30 year season and this feels very very much like a matt benning 2.0 type of situation where you looked at matt benning's numbers and the offense is not going to be there right kyle burrows is not going to be playing offense for you but if you're trying to improve your defense i think kyle burrows can be that guy um looking at his analytics here um positive you know playing second pairing uh defensive minutes Positive uh, defense on even strength, you know, positive uh, defense, shorthanded, basically playing PK one, solid at drawing, um, at drawing penalties. Um, again, I don't think Kyle Burrows should be doing much offensively for you, um, but this feels very much like a Matt Benning situation where, like I said, he is a he is going to. We're going to be talking about how this, how much a great pick that or a great signing. This was a year from now, um, just like we did with Matt. We're doing with Matt Penning and we've seen David Quinn really coach up some of these defensemen and especially the Vancouver coaching recently is not David Quinn still has some question marks, but we have seen his ability to, to, to coach up uh, defensemen and really, we saw Vlasic have a, a good season. We saw Matt Benning have a good season last year. Um, I trust him with Henry Thrun. Carlson, of course, won the Norris. That's two two defensemen. David Quinn has uh, coached in, to become Norris winners. So um, Kyle Burrows for the Norris. Whatever the the, the Fandle R's are on that, um, put a dollar down. No, uh, I'm kidding. Don't do that. That would be in, absolutely insane. Um, but this this feels a this feels like a good pick. And um, three years little bit long but at one $1.1 million you can easily bury that um in the in the ahl if you need to and or if you waived them i wouldn't be surprised if a team snagged him anyway so um you can just wash your hands of the contract so 
pretty easy to kind of, to kind of get bury that contract if you need to. So um, next is one Giovanni Smith. Uh, he signed a two-year deal worth eight hundred thousand. Uh, played thirty-six games last year. One goal, four assists, three thirty shots on goal. Average time on ice seven minutes. Corsi four fifty point seven goals for forty three point seven five. Not much. Again, it's very small sample size, so really haven't seen too too much um, in the way of, of what type of player he is. Uh, played with Detroit and Florida last year. Um, I think he's going to fill that Jonah Gadovich role. He had eight fighting majors last year. Um, he's gritty. He's tough. He's going to stick up for his teammates. All that stuff that you know Mike Greer enjoys. So I here's your Jonah Gadovich replacement type of guy. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those kind of bounces back between the the Barracuda and the Sharks. Would have to go through waivers, but again, I think that's kind of going to be kind of his role is that Jonah Gadovich type of thing. We're bringing in some toughness, maybe a little bit of a scoring pop. He's going to play fourth line type of minutes for the Sharks, or he's going to play on the Barracuda type of uh, that type of player. So, um, and then, so I didn't make cards for the, the, the AHL guys, but uh, the Sharks also uh, signed an old friend in Ryan Carpenter, um, who was a Sharks prospect way back in the day. Um, he, Bounced around, you know, went to, to Vegas. He played for um, Chicago. He played for the Rangers. Mostly been an a- AHL type of guy. And here's your new Andre Agazino, where he's going to come in. He's going to be a leadership type of player. Going to show the young guys how to be a professional. If you need him to come and play up on the, the Sharks for a pinch, I th- he can do that again as a, a a bottom you know fourth line type of guy, um, but I think that, that that's going to be his role is being that mentor. Uh, and he talked about that in his availability today of of being that mentor, showing how the young guys how to be a professional. And then he's a pretty solid AHL guy as well. So uh, last year he scored um, where's the number right here? He scored 44 points in 51 games for the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, he's excited because he doesn't have to travel as much, right? With the Barracuda and the Sharks being in the same city. Uh, he's not having to travel basically two and a half hours a day as he was before, especially going up to uh, Hartford and his family was living in, I assume in New York somewhere. Um, but you need these type of guys who can come in, be stable. You know exactly what you're getting for them, especially in the AHL. Uh, help out the young guys. You're going to have still a ton of young guys, right? You're going to have Robbins and probably Bortolo and uh, Gushin and Co. and Weisblatt and uh, Cardwell. You're going to have a bunch of young guys who, yes, a lot of them are going to be through their second season, uh, but still a lot to ask for them. And I, I think – I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Carpenter is the captain captain of the Barracuda uh, next year. Just throwing that out there. He was the captain. He's been a captain before in the Bowling Green. Uh, I just, I'm just throwing that out there. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Carpenter is your captain. He also played with John McCarthy uh, when McCarthy was uh, with the Barracuda and the Worcestershire Sharks anyway. So I'm just throw that's my guess is ryan carpenter is your new captain of the barracuda so and then finally uh they also uh signed scott uh saborn saborn signed a two-year uh two-way contract at uh 775 uh will also 
just like Ryan Carpenter will have to go through waivers. Not worried about them getting claimed. Um, Saborn's 30. Career AHL guys played 400 games in the AHL. Solid 33 points last year, 51 games. Uh, 177 penalty minutes. So if you enjoy, I think he is... Uh, He's going to be a fan favorite. I have a feeling for the Barracuda next Barracuda fans next year, six foot four. So he's going to add some more grit. He's going to add some more toughness to a Barracuda, especially for a Barracuda team, which we know a lot of the uh, forwards are on the shorter end. Uh, again, another one is be a professional type of guys, you know, uh, uh, come in and show the young guys how to, how to be a professional and how to play, you know, get through a season, all that fun stuff. And, Add some more toughness, especially with, since the Barracuda lost guys like VL and you know the crowd Chris Golan signed elsewhere. So there, there's going to be some. You need some of these guys around. To, that way, it's not just the children running around and trying to figure things out. So um, overall, I think Mike Greer had a pretty solid start to free agency. Uh, none of these contracts are horrendous. The Duclair trade, I think, is going to be an absolute win for the Sharks the longest contract they gave us three years and it's at 1.1 million dollars that you can again you can bury that thing in the ahl if you need to um no big money handed out and even taking care of his own players uh, mackenzie blackwood got the biggest contract deal at 2.25 million or whatever he signed like it's these are all very very smart contracts that are short term and they don't cost a lot of money and kind of some some tickets to try to figure out some stuff and you're, you're allowing your young guys to develop without having to thrust them into roles that they, maybe they're not ready for. And when they start to get ready for him, cool. If you have to send Giovanni Smith down to the Barracuda, okay. If you have to, stuff like that, where a lot of these players, if you need to send them down or if you need to ask them to take a, uh, a different role, you're not, you, you're, setting your your young guys up for success with these with a lot of these these signings so um again sharks gonna be bad the right now the the whole purpose is to how can you prepare your young guys for success success how can you set them up for success um by not asking them to do things they're not ready to do uh, or not putting them in roles where they're not going to succeed right you don't want william eklund playing bottom six minutes you want to put him in top six minutes plenty of, of opportunity for him to do that. And you have guys who can fit those bottom six minute roles. Um, so, and then you're also putting guys, if you want to put Eklund, Hurdle, Duclair on a line together, that's, that sounds like a fun line to me. So uh, especially with Duclair's ability to forecheck and his speed and Eklund's vision and then Hurdle his being the big body. I can control the puck. Cool. Let's ride with that line as your first top line going into uh, into the season. So um, that's going to be it for me tonight. I am exhausted. It's been a long week. I'm glad to be home. Be back on Monday or Sunday night, Monday, uh, with any news that happens from from uh, free agency day two. So make sure you guys are following along. Uh, wherever you get podcasts, of course, you can watch on YouTube as well. Um, you can follow along on Twitter if it's working um also facebook instagram both at locked on sharks as well instagram posted a bunch of pictures from nashville and at the draft uh, so you can you can check those out there as well you can follow me on twitter at my fry hole again if it's working until monday bye friends